I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined as always by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the third Dirk. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The third Dirk. Uh, speaking of Dirk, what did we think? We never talked about this on yesterday's pod. I know we got Which, carried away yesterday. yesterday got okay, yesterday's pod was, that was a wild pod. That was just out there pod straight conversation um the game of zones a classic thing probably the best thing bleach reports ever created right i mean besides um, howard beck material he they didn't create that though he he created that really oh bet oh you mean beck's material yeah, all this stuff. i mean they didn't like give him his break he came that's, true, he, that's was doing, true. he was doing his thing before they gave these guys their break that's yeah true, that's game true. of zones probably the the best thing that they've done I just love the and what it were two episodes into this new seasons of Game of Zones. Maybe three. They had or the Rockets episodes? one. They had the Trailblazers one, and now the Mavericks slash Lakers one. Okay, we're biased on this one, but I think this is the best episode this season. I agree, and I actually watched it with my wife. Who knows? I mean, she knows some players' names. I use her as a litmus test for the general population. Do you know this player? And I point at Kawhi, and she's like, no, I don't know who that is. I point at Kyrie. She's like, I don't know who that is. Point at LeBron. Okay, yeah, I know who LeBron is. And she knows Luka, obviously, and Dirk. Well, you can't point at LeBron right now because – She knows who he is, though. He's not playing. (laughs) In Game of Zones, I pointed to him. (laughs) That's true. That's true. You going to the protest tomorrow? What's today? The protest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the Lakers Lakers Reddit is starting a protest outside of Staples Center on Friday. Uh, what's the over under? How many people will go to it? Twenty five. Oh, I hope it's much bigger than that. It's actually Please. it's been on the news and stuff. So it, it's no got, way. Yes, yeah, it was on yes, the news. Yes, let's go. So it might actually be pretty big. I've never been more proud of Lakers fans. This is this is a time. There are times when I wish. I was more involved in Lakers coverage. This is not one of those times. <laughs> I just know the so the locked on Lakers guy uh, Anthony Irwin. Yeah, he is. Uh, I said must watch Twitter right now, but must read, must follow Twitter. These past few days, it's just been glorious because it just seems like his life so miserable. Uh, apparently, they had a really good show today. Uh, so yeah, if you want to just uh, you know bask in the glory of uh, the Lakers just crumbling right now, just go over and listen to Lockdown Lakers. You know, That'd be, it has <laughs> also to be kind of fun. speaking of other Lockdown shows, shout out to the Raccoon Squad because we were top ten last <laughs> week in the network for for the NBA, and we only did four pods last week, <laughs> and we're and the only the team. team that- yeah, the team's not in the playoffs. It, 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 was were the Mavericks the only team that w- was not in the playoffs? I think so. Yeah, maybe the Bulls. Well, uh, I don't know if the Bulls are up there. I think I we think were. The, so. I think the Mavericks were the only ones where they're not in the playoffs that made the top ten. That's because of you guys. Well, Seriously though, it. like we're yeah, the the Mavericks have obviously been out of the playoffs for uh, uh, a while, years, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes, and this uh, this pod is still uh, one of the top in the network as far as 
people who listen and download. So thank you so much for that. It's amazing. And I um, also I also wanted to give a shout out to to Grant and uh, and L Gun. I wanted to give a shout out to them because they uh they, Grant they text, and L, what up? They text about us. <laughs> it's funny, and they really love the show and they listen all the time and I appreciate it. And if you guys are dating or siblings or whatever, if you're dating, I just hope you never break up ever. Just this, yeah, together. this is what I'm tra- we're trying to figure out. I don't yeah. know if this is a a couple thing or are you a sibling. I don't know because because her last name is Gun, right? It's L Gun, and then he is he is Grant Gun. Yes. So is it is it a marriage or is it a sibling or is it a Lannister? We don't know. <laughs> maybe it's maybe. <laughs> anyway, going all the way back to Game of Zones, what this past episode? If oh, you I wasn't done with seen, my shout out. I wasn't done with my shout out. Oh, you you're not done yet. So shout out to the guns. I showed that tweet to my wife. And she uh, almost started crying because she's like, you know, there's just there's just people that I really love, like the binge mode guys, like like Mallory and Jason Concepcion, and I love them that much. And it's just so cool to see that people love you that much. That's <laughs> really funny. She said, because I don't. No. <laughs> and she turned over and kept playing Fortnite. We got out Fortnite again. We, ha- we dusted it off. We hadn't played in about three seasons and we were terrible as we were when we were playing before, but it's still fun. There's some I just crazy missed, stuff in it. I, I, Nick and I were talking about it, but I haven't played Fortnite for a long time. I just remember like the OG days of Fortnite and now it just looks, it, it looks wild. There's so much right stuff. Now. I mean, you pick up things and you're like, uh, okay, it takes me 20 seconds to figure out what this thing does before I can use it correctly. Yes. But uh, also Luka Doncic has a Twitch and he streams Fortnite. It's donkey so D O N K E 99 or Donka, I guess Donka 99. That's his Twitch. Go follow his Twitch. <laughs> and, uh, he hasn't been live in a little while, but he was live like three days ago. I love that. The cornerstone franchise player, the Mavericks, uh, plays Fortnite on Twitch. It's the best man. It's not only does he play like you have to be a certain level of gamer to go on Twitch and to stream your stuff on Twitch. I know. That's why it's just so awesome. Like it, he connects with it's, uh, it's just the coolest thing in the world. And I have no idea what he's saying while he's streaming it, but I watched him a little bit. <laughs> I just need a translator at all time. Watch. Oh yeah. So, see, we... Speaking, speaking of translator, Neymar uh, posted a, a, did a question oh, yeah. answer thing on its Instagram today. And uh, I think Luca asked him a question on, it. he answered it, tagged Luca in it. So obviously I got my wife who is uh, Brazilian. Nice. I was like, Hey, uh, Hey wife, what, uh, <laughs> what did Neymar say about him? And she's like, well, he actually answered it in Spanish and Portuguese, but he, uh, he gave a lot of praise to Luca. And then he said he wants to meet Luca soon. And so they're all, I don't think so because he posted that video or that picture of him holding up Luca's Jersey and stuff. So the Jersey, um, it's cool that they both admire each other a lot, and hopefully they can meet each other soon. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. But Luca doesn't need to learn how to handle referees like uh, from Neymar, so because Neymar's like banned right now. <laughs> Speaking of Game of Zones, though, it was a great episode. It was great. The Lakers stuff, the Mavericks stuff. It definitely hit me and right in my fandom uh, <laughs> when when LeBron pushed Lonzo out the window. As soon as as soon as Lonzo started climbing the tower, yes. I was like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> I knew exactly where it was going, and I love how they just—they don't—they don't try to make it like Game of Thrones, where it's—but they'll—they'll bring like scenes, like really famous scenes in it. And this was the one, the, obviously, the, the beginning of the season. If anybody, beginning of the first episodes. If you haven't watched this, you're not trying. When uh, yeah. when Jamie pushes Bran out the window, and LeBron pushes Lonzo out the window after he sees after he sees LeBron and and 
uh, Anthony Davis tampering with each other and talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I I love every bit. It's the subtle jokes that they make on yeah. that is it was what makes it great. But the Mavericks one with the aging Dirk. Dirk is in in bed. And it's Luca and Porzingis walking through the hallways. They're like, oh, we well, let's go see him. Let's go visit can him. We, can we go see? <laughs> Sir Dirk, and their interactions with Cuban at bedside. They show, and, yeah, they show up and Cuban is kneeling beside his bedside, talking to him, and and Cuban is like, you know, you can stay here for as many, you know, as many seasons as you would like. And Dirk says, I'll only stay for about six more seasons. And Cuban, you can just hear him go, wait, six more seasons? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's so great. JJ Brand makes an appearance. Champ makes Champ. an appearance. Uh, towards the end, Maxi Kleba Dirk- gets a mention. <laughs> He was yes. mentioned as being the third Dirk. Are you the next Dirk? I thought I was the next Dirk. I think Dirk. I also promised Maxi Kleba he could be the next Dirk. <laughs> so, anyway, it was, yeah, it was uh, it was remarkable, so go watch if you haven't. It's great. We love it. There you go. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Jared Culver, DeAndre Hunter, potential top 10 picks, probable top 10 picks. Yeah. The Mavericks could draft if they get the draft pick, which is coming up in – Let's see. A few days. I mean, Four days. Uh, when people are listening to this, it's going to be closer to three days. That's true. Yeah. That's wild. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Jared Culver, DeAndre Hunter, draft profiles. We're moving on. All right, Isaac. Let's start with Jared Culver. He's six six, probably a two guard, maybe maybe a tweener wing kind of player. 195 pounds, an estimated 6'10 wingspan. He's going to be 20 at the time of the draft from Texas Tech. He was he's from Lubbock, so he grew up there and uh went to Texas Tech. Strengths for him. Um attacking, it seems like he can be a good secondary ball handler, guy that, you know, can can do some things off the dribble, take some shots, some pull up shots, things like that. And then on defense, I think he has good tools and I think he has a quick twitch. I think he's long. He always puts in effort. Just feels like a good not necessarily a three and D, but like a slash and D kind of guy. You know what I mean? His three point shot wasn't great. Uh at, at Texas Tech, but he has that that attacking ability plus the defense. So we got to come up with a phrase for that kind of guy. There's not many of those. Yeah, it you know Culver kind of took a a little bit of rise uh, this past season uh, at Texas Tech, and it, it we decided to combine DeAndre Hunter and Jarrett Culver in this because one uh, we only have so many days uh, before the draft lottery, and obviously if the Mavericks <laughs> do keep their pick, and we just wasted one of them. <laughs> If the Mavericks do keep their pick, you know we'll dive a little bit deeper on uh, some of these prospects and stuff. But um, Hunter, we did individual pods. If you haven't, for Zion, uh, for Ja Morant, and for R.J. Barrett, the top, the consensus top three pick uh, picks in the draft. And um, so, it, so we kind of yeah, we we put together uh, DeAndre Hunter and Jarrett Culver, and they're kind of similar fits, but kind of not. If that makes sense, as far as like kind of their role with Dallas, but. But for Culver, Culver, and what's crazy is they both met in the national championship, and yeah. that and and for draft people, you get to see these two. Uh, in my opinion, they're top five, top six prospects in the draft. You get to see two, you know these two guys face not only face off head to head, but uh, a lot of national championship game. DeAndre Hunter you know, guarded Jarrett Culver, and so that was really cool to see. But yeah, I mean Culver, his height. I think it gets undersold a little bit because he's listed at like six five, six six, but 
he could be a little taller. There's a, there's a few articles you search around uh, as far as some people think he's more like six eight, six seven. Uh, he is a he is a bigger guard slash wing. And what I think uh, the main difference between you look at somebody like him or like DeAndre Hunter or something, I I think Jarrett Culver can be a guy that when he is fully developed that he can guard positions one through three, maybe even one through four. And those guys you don't see come along that often. Um, I think he plays well off the ball. I think he, he, he moves off the ball pretty well. He's a good cutter. Um, Synergy treats him decent. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not like Synergy we, did this to him. He did it to himself. He brought it to himself, <laughs> Isaac. The numbers true. are just the numbers. True. Um, as far as percentile in college basketball, uh, his highest percentile is uh, is in isolation. He's in the 77th uh, percentile of isolation player. And, uh, and it's weird because the stats back him on that, but I feel like, I feel like he needs a little bit more work in that. His shot scares me a little bit. Yeah. And I know I'm bleeding into weaknesses and stuff now, but might as well uh, go for it. It's condensed. So. Yeah, we're condensing, but but his shot scares me some because he sh- he only shot the shot the three thirty percent this past season. Uh, I think I got that right. I yeah. wrote that. Yeah, down. yeah, so, um, thirty point something, but yeah. Yeah, he shot the ball at thirty percent, and at the next level, I if I'm drafting Jarrett Culver, I want him to be a three and D type of guard wing that can guard. Um, yeah. And shooting 30% in college, that scares me. I, his shots a little slower than what I would want it to be, uh, from somebody in his position. Um, yeah, I'm a believer in him for sure. The shot just scares me a little bit. Yeah. And so then, I mean, that is one thing that we, we have just harped on in draft and it sounds like, well, you hate anybody that doesn't have a shot. Well, yeah, <laughs> That's kind well, of think, what you have to do now in, in the NBA and in the NBA draft. You're seeing it more, I mean, evident than ever right now. And when you look at in in the playoffs, I mean, what's the biggest thing? People are talking about Ben Simmons and what what Philly can do with him. The and big stuff. thing and, with Ben Simmons should be the effort. If he from the from Thursday night's game, if he puts in the effort, he can actually be a good player. When he doesn't, he just is useless. Yeah, and so like if but, yeah, shot too obviously. If you don't, if if you can't shoot the ball, then. Man, you got to be an elite at some of these other, <laughs> at some of these other things, and even then, you can still get played off the floor. So, um, can his shooting take uh, take the next step in the NBA? Yeah, I think it could, because uh, he was the best player at you know, on that Texas Tech team. What would it look like with another primary, you know, ball handler and him playing more off the ball and more of a spot up role and all that stuff? Uh, I think that would be the question for him. Yeah, that's going to be the big thing. And his his fit or wherever he goes is probably going to be big too. If he goes to someplace like Chicago where he's going to be playing next to Zach Levine, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be playing next to Laurie Markin. He's going to be getting a lot of possessions uh, You know, if they bring in anyone else. Uh, and he might be asked to, to play off the ball a little bit more. Pretty much anywhere he goes, he's going to be asked to play off the ball a little bit more, which is fine, but he's going to have to be able to sp- – to stretch the floor and shoot it. And maybe he'll get more space and maybe that'll be better for him. Uh, we've seen guys come into the NBA and shoot way better than they did in college. Um, but And he's not absolutely horrible. I'm not, I don't want to say that. Like even on his unguarded shots, average guarded shots and catch as far as catch and shoot average, it's just most of his jump shot, jump shot statistics or catch and shoot 
you know, statistics. It's just, you know, that even mark, that average spot. And when he goes into the league, like you mentioned, that fit is going to be huge for him because I don't, I don't want to take Culver in a, one of those top spots and say, Hey, I want you to be one of my, my main scores. Yes. That's why for somebody, for somebody like Dallas, you know, well, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. That, that type of role would be the best for him in my opinion. Do you have any more weaknesses? Anything that, that sticks out at you? Uh, I mean, just the go-to score thing. But I don't have. I don't really care about that being a weakness. It's, you know, for some people analyzing or breaking down these top prospects, you know, top five, top six prospects. You know, some people are like, "Oh, what well, I want them to be." If you're getting drafted that high, I want you to be a go-to score or something. I don't really care that Culver. I don't think Culver is going to step in and be a go-to score. But I don't really care that much about that because I want I like him for his you know versatility on the defensive end and you know some things he can do on the offensive end too. So yeah, I mean weakness his main weakness for me is just consistency with the outside shot. Yeah, and you got to know what you're buying with some of these guys. Both these two guys, yeah. they're going to go really high and they're going to go higher than they should because it's a weaker draft. And you have Zion and you have Ja and you have RJ and then the rest of the players are kind of they should probably go you know. Some of them may be lottery, but they're all just they're all really role players. And you're not gonna get a guy that's gonna have a tremendous upside. I don't think Jared Culver has an incredible upside. He's not like a Brandon Roy where he's gonna come in and you know, obviously he's gonna get drafted in that range, but he's not gonna be that kind of guy, even though he may look like it. And so you have to know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, but they're the type of guys to where they're they're older guys, like you know, Culver and DeAndre Hunter that we'll talk about in a little bit. You know, DeAndre Hunter's twenty one, Culver's yeah. twenty. You know, compared to RJ Barrett, who's eighteen right now, you know that's a big difference. And the type of players they are and where they're at maturity wise, they're better suited to come in on these teams that are looking to make the playoffs and play that complimentary like role player role. That's what like they can have an immediate impact on that type of role. But if you put them on a team like Chicago or Cleveland and say, Hey, we want the ball in your hands all the time. Then I'm scared. People might call them bust at that point. And that, that just would be unfair to them. Absolutely. Availability for the Mavericks feels like you have to get in that top five to get Jared Culver. Yeah. I mean, he's a super hot name right now. As far as, I mean, what six, six, he has a six, what eight wingspan? He's probably going to do really well in the draft workouts too. Yeah, he has six ten wingspan. Uh, yeah, they're going to love him. He's going to. He'll probably step in at measurements at the combine and you know measure at like six eight. And people's yeah, going to freak out. Yeah, he could be one of those guys that. where all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's two inches taller than we thought. Oh, he's, yeah. All of a sudden you're like, man, should we take him ahead of RJ? You know. <laughs> Yeah, and that and it just goes right back to it. If you're a team that's wanting a more complimentary defensive-minded role player that could uh, impact day one, Jarrett Culver might be a pick. But if you're looking for a high upside, you know, twenty point per game score that could be an all star in the league someday, but you want to give it time to happen, then that might be R.J. Barrett. So, um, but yeah, availability. I I think anything from depending. Oh yeah, I, depending on the team. But I, I'll just say I'll just leave those top three away. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say four to ten, because yeah. we have Jarrett Culver and DeAndre Hunter up through there. But man, like you said with the comment, we never like after those top three prospects. I just saw an article the other day, Ian Begley, who's I think he I don't think he's with ESPN anymore. He's with uh, Sporting New York or something. And uh, Begley, you know, tweeted out and said the Knicks absolutely love Cam Reddish, and that Yikes. they think he'll. 
he will be yeah and, and i was saying he they think he'll translate really well to the nba and all that stuff i think once you get past those three prospects i think you'll really get into the what's it called beauty in the eye of the beholder or whatever it is yeah and you can see uh, some guys take take some big leaps like you see somebody take bull bull like five spots too high just yeah to, just to bet on his upside yeah, Bowl Bowls won. I mean, I freaking love Brandon Clark. I think Brandon Clark should be in that yeah. top five. I've had yeah, people yeah. tweet at me and say, hey, you're way too high on him. Uh, sorry. Uh, when me and Jonathan Charks, uh, the last time we uh, at one of those last Mavs games, and we, and we just sit there nerded out about Brandon Clark. And I th- I'm pretty sure Charks is going to have him in the top three on his draft board. So we'll see when that comes out on the ringer. But, yeah, I mean – Darius Garland, what the heck? I mean, he was hurt most of the year at Vanderbilt. A lot of people love him. Darius Garland. What did I say? You're like Garland. Garland. You like threw the real deep southern accent on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Darius Garland. Garland. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was hurt most of the year. He's a heck of a scorer. He's another guy that could come in combine wise or some of these you know private workouts and just kill it for people so why i say four to ten for culver and i said the same thing for deandre hunter too like four to ten because you just don't know you don't know what cam reddish you're gonna do we don't know i'm not even gonna attempt to say the dude the seku yeah he could be yeah. he could be the uh the foreign prospect that everybody takes a chance on after after yeah. watching Giannis just rip through the playoffs and luca rip through the nba they could just be like oh my gosh maybe we should take these foreign guys a little more Serious. Exactly. And Jackson Hayes at Texas. People are raving about him going up some draft boards. Kobe White. I love Kobe White. And where do you go to school? My, North Carolina. Kobe White's the second best point guard in this draft behind John Morant. Uh, if Kobe White went in the top seven, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. Anyway, my point is a lot of these guys, I think you'll see some of these guys really skyrocket up there. And if Jarrett Culver ended up going eight in a draft, I'm not going to be super shocked. So the Mavs get the fourth pick they take, or the third pick, and they take Jar- Jarrett Culver. Then the future of the roster kind of – I mean, he fits really, really well with what the Mavericks want to do. They have two guys that can shoot it. They have two guys that will have the ball, it'll, the ball will be in their hands. He can do some secondary, tertiary maybe, attacking, playmaking. Then all of a sudden, if you add like a Kemba or somebody like that, Kyrie even, if you add somebody like that that's going to want the ball even more, where does that put a guy like Jarrett Culver? Yeah, I mean, especially with Culver, you just want him to work on the outside shot. That I think that's your, you know, that's your thing with him. When you if you take him that high, you have to be confident in the outside shot. You have to be confident that he won't be Sean Livingston with all due respect to Sean Livingston right now, you know, as far as this like six, 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 seven, you know, guard that really can't shoot the outside shot. So you, that's what you go for. I mean, if you land at three, I think you still trade out because I think somebody will be ready to move up for Barrett or jaw. But I think, yeah, if, if it came down to it and you don't have a trade package for, I've said it before on this pod, and I don't care. I'll say it every time. I'll take Jarrett Culver or DeAndre Hunter on the Mavs over R.J. Barrett. I mean, that's just like I just think they're a better fit. And I th- so anyway, if you take Jarrett Culver, he's not starting right off the bat. You're bringing him off the bench, but you're really hoping that the outside shot you know comes along you know, better than it did in college. Yeah, for sure. Um, roster because it- long term, like highest ceiling. He is a perfect fit, like with his defense, defensive versatility, and if he's sitting the outside shot, he fits really well alongside Luca, Kimba, or not Kimba. Absolutely. 
Um, NBA comp, or let's do ceiling and floor. The ceiling for him, if he gets the right situation, I'll do comp with this as well. Do you feel like he could be like a Jimmy Butler type? Mm -mm. No. Jimmy Butler wasn't supposed to be Jimmy Butler type, but why don't you feel like he could be that level? I just don't think he's the offensive player as Jimmy. Yeah, I mean that—that's just my only thing. And that, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I, I, yeah, I don't. I, my ceiling for him is a high quality role player, like starter. Like what about Andre Iguodala? Like as at his peak, not like Andre Iguodala I, now, I, but Andre Iguodala. I think he he almost made one All Star team, or maybe he made one in the East when he's playing for the Sixers. I see. I don't even know about that. Just because there were those years with with Philly, and even getting to his Denver really years good. with Iggy, he was so good, and he was like one of their focal points. I just don't know if he'll ever be a focal point. I think he'll be a starter. I think he'll well, be Andre, a starter. In, in Andre Iguodala's defense, he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been a focal point. He should have been like this third. He, he would have been the perfect third guy in that NBA. But there were there weren't enough stars back then to to make him be the yeah. third guy. Andre Iguodala's role right now, I think that that is ideal for Jared Culver, which is a really good role. I mean. a really, yeah, a really good starter. Um, floor yeah. for him, there's there's a pretty high floor for guys like this, right? There's always there's always yeah. chances for guys like this that just end up. I mean, James Ennis has gotten so many chances. <laughs> he's just you know he's just around. Yeah, all the time. It James Ennis, perfect team. guy to throw. Uh, yes, perfect guy. He his yes, Jared Culver's floor is up there. He'll stick around the league for a while. Yeah. Um, why the Mavs should take him. Mavs should take him if they didn't get anything better to trade for the pick. Obviously, that's, I'm going to preface that every time we do this. And then if they believe that the, that the outside shot you know, can be improved, if they believe that that could be you know, a great fit. He'd be you know, a good fit defensively. He'd be able to cover up a couple things for, with Luka. Um, he can play a couple different spots. He can defend multiple positions like Isaac said. And then you have that that extra playmaking that maybe you you stagger him with a, with a bench unit, and then you try to ha- give him some extra responsibilities with a bench unit that needs some playmaking. Yeah, I mean, I think everything of what we've been huge proponents of Dallas. You know, if they could get Malcolm Brogdon, that would be amazing. I think everything that you picture Brogdon's fit uh, with you mean Luka, future future NBA champion Malcolm Brogdon, <laughs> future. Uh, Brogdon's fit with Dallas alongside Luca, I think that's what you would want with Culver, and that that's what you would say, man. I every like why you would go after Brogdon is why you would go after Culver. The biggest difference is Jarrett Culver shot thirty percent in college, and last year Malcolm Brogdon or this year Malcolm Brogdon shot forty two percent from. Well, Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon was a fifty forty ninety guy this past year. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying, yeah, it, just their defensive versatility and all that stuff with Luca would be super nice, but. Um, yeah. Why they shouldn't take him if they don't believe in the outside shot, if they have it, if they take issue with it, if they can get a, a trade for something, you know, for somebody else. And, uh, if they see somebody else that that's better, that could be Deandre Hunter. Yeah. Why they shouldn't take him is I think it would be, uh, and this is no disrespect to him, but if they think that he is, um, similar to Dorian Finney Smith. Damn. I mean, as far as like a good defender, but he's always gonna have an inconsistent outside shot. And like, why you know, why would you spend a top five pick on that? That's the if you don't believe in that, then you don't do that. But I, 
I think he's worthy of a top five pick. I like him, and I like him on the Mavs. I mean, I just said I would take him over R.J. Barrett if I'm Dallas, so don't think I'm like, hating on him. There you go. Now, right. I'm, I'm about to drool over the next guy. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and uh, let Isaac wipe up some of that drool, and then we'll talk about DeAndre Hunter. All right, Isaac. DeAndre Hunter, the 6'7", 220-pound wing from Virginia. Seven-foot-two wingspan. Wait, tell me about that frame one one more time. He's 6'7", 227, two wingspan? Wow. He's going to be 21 and a half at the, at the draft. So, yeah. a little bit older. He's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, this is another Mikael Bridges coming into the NBA that's going to get drafted by the Sixers <laughs> and then get traded on draft night. Uh, strengths for him. Really good three-point shooter. He's got mm. a nice little post-up game. When I was watching mm. some of his stuff, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy can actually – Take it in the post. And when you got those long arms, you can just shoot over the top of people like KD kind of does. Um, and then he's got a little – some off the dribble moves. He's not a strict, you know, 3 and D kind of guy. But uh, but he is a 3 and D kind of guy for sure. Yes. Only three players <laughs> – you know I got stats for Hunter when you know, you know I love it. Only three players in the ACC last year who attempted over 100 three-pointers and hit at over a 43% tr- uh, clip. Ty Outlaw from Virginia Tech, Cam Johnson from North Carolina, and DeAndre Hunter at Virginia. Guys, DeAndre Hunter is also the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Let's go. How many times is Defensive Player of the Year? You can even go step further. I said ACC, but I tweeted this out the other day. Out of all the major conferences, ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, you name it, and tell me if this stat means anything or if it's just me reaching for it. Just be honest. All right. Only one player has played over 1,200 minutes, attempted at least 103 pointers, and shot at least 43% from three. That was DeAndre Hunter. He's the only one last year? Yep. Of all the major conferences. There's only five players that did it in college basketball, but the other four are from like smaller conferences. Yeah, yeah. My point is. This guy did that, and he's also he was also the defensive player of the year for the ACC. I absolutely love DeAndre Hunter as a prospect. Um, he is, uh, I think, in this in this NBA that we have today, especially when you watch somebody like PJ Tucker on the Rockets, and you're saying, "Look what he's doing for the Rockets." I think you know <laughs> DeAndre Hunter shot for 48. Okay, now Basketball Reference said 43% from three last year. I seen on the ringer said like forty eight percent from three. Uh, there are some differences on it, but either way, he was a four over forty percent, over at least forty three percent from three last year. It's just when the argument that we've said all the time: you can never have enough six seven to six nine guys. And on top of that, he's a heck of a defender. On top of that, he can shoot the lights out from three. I, I, I would die to have him on my team. Absolutely. What do you think about weaknesses? Um, he's not a weaknesses. This is one of those guys that, like we talked about with Jarrett Culver. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. This is not a guy yeah. that's going to be able to put the ball on the floor and, you know, create a ton of offense that way. He's just not going to be able to do that. He can do some things. Like I mentioned, he has a little nice post up game, little, some off the dribble moves, but he's not going to be, you know, Luka Doncic with the ball. He's not your go-to scorer. He's not gonna. He's not your dude that you throw the ball to and say, "Go get me a basket." He's not like he's just not that. But once again, I don't really care that he's not that. And he's not like a mind-blowing athlete. 
like he he's not a guy that's going to be you know when you have the Ja Morant and Zion's of the world, you know, they're kind of, you know, different category, but he's not like a super springy. Let me just like, he's not that type of guy. He's athletic and he, you know, he'll throw down dunks and stuff, but he just, yes, uh, the defense he plays on the perimeter and his ability to shoot the outside shot. That's what sets him apart. In my I wanted to go back and look at the, the former ACC defensive player of the years. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder how they fared in the NBA. Oh, here we go. Uh, there's Malcolm Brogdon, KJ McDaniels, John Henson won it twice. Your boy, love him. Tony Douglas, Chris Singleton, who had some stints, and then Sheldon Chris Williams. Sing- Sheldon Williams won it twice. Chris Singleton from Florida State. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And those are those are the right? only ones that they have listed on Basketball Reference, and uh, that that were did anything in the NBA, and that's. Well, in the national championship game I mentioned this a while ago, he guarded Jarrett Culver, and um, he did. Don't want to don't want to say he shut him down, but uh, he definitely put a hamper on Culver. Now, if you're comparing the two, Culver has a better ISO game. Like Culver has a little bit better of a go get me a bucket uh, when DeAndre Hunter doesn't have that, but DeAndre Hunter can shoot the you know shot better from the outside. Availability, same same type of thing. I mentioned earlier, I think it's four to ten. I think once you get past those top three prospects, it's just a matter of who's drafting where and who's going to fall in love with who. Um, but, uh, yeah, the age thing, I don't – well, I've said this before. I don't give a crap about that. He's 21 years old, especially for a team like Dallas that wants to play. and like I mean, wants to play. Wants to be in the playoffs. Um, you want guys that can contribute now. And – I feel like if DeAndre Hunter stepped in next year, could he take Finney Smith's role? Yes, absolutely. If he's back, like that's the type of thing. Like two twenty six seven shoot a forty percent three point shooter. That's the stuff that you know you look for. Yeah, and we can, we can take that right to um, well availability. If the Mavs are in the top four, he's going to be there. I mean, I, I can't imagine somebody taking him in the top four. He's in top four, and I've said this very clearly. It, if you land at two, you know, two or three, you trade it. But if for some weird reason you just can't find a trade partner or whatever, I would take him over John Morant and RJ Barrett. If just, I'm down, just for the Mavs, yeah, just for the Mavs, just for the Mavs. I think John Morant and RJ Barrett will be better prospects, you know, as far as better players and all that stuff. But for the Mavs and what they're looking for right now. I want DeAndre Hunter. It'd be really sad if the Mav if the uh, Hawks take DeAndre Hunter with the Mavs pick and take DeAndre Hunter here. That yes, that would be very sad. That'd for be me. sad because he'd be such a good fit for them. I think in a perfect scenario, you would look at it and say, if you land at two or three, if you're Dallas, you say, hey, let's move back. You know, somebody pulls a Luka Doncic trade, and <laughs> you move back a few spots, get DeAndre Hunter, but pick up another aspect. You know, asset. Yes, that would that would be a dream scenario if, if he landed at two through three for me. What if the Hawks took? What if they took? They got both picks, which is sad. But what if they took Hunter and Culver? That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah, and they would fit ne- great next to Trey Young. Yeah. Both of them would. You have either Culver coming off the bench and Herder starting, or whatever you decide to do. But anyway, uh, NBA comp. I mean, three and D guy. I mean, he's just he's a prototypical three D guy. Three and D guy. So. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, you mentioned this name earlier, but this really is. He's a bigger, stronger Mikel Bridges. And y'all know how much like we raved over Mikel Bridges. Labs loved him, uh, wanting to be a Maverick. Like, that was uh, – Mikel Bridges was – Donovan Mitchell was my guy two years ago. Mikel Bridges was my guy last year. DeAndre Hunter is my guy this year. Not Brandon Clark? Uh, 
Uh, I love Brandon Clark, but uh, I absolutely love Brandon Clark. But DeAndre, I, I love what DeAndre Hunter could be in the league. So yeah, stronger Mikel Bridges. I mentioned PJ Tucker earlier. PJ Tucker's more of a a bulldog type of uh, guy compared to Hunter, but I think he could play that similar type of role though. And he's bigger, <laughs> six seven. When PJ Tucker yeah. is like what six foot? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like PJ yeah. Tucker is really short, but he's been guarding KD. So. KD. Yeah. Why the Mavs should take him if they just. If they want somebody that's going to come in and fit right away, and they want somebody that's going to be able to to come in and be productive right away and not have to wait on somebody. Because we've mentioned the timelines. We mentioned how, well, it seems like Luka and KP are, you know, they're super young, and we need somebody that's on their timeline. Some of these guys coming in are not going to – Jarrett Culver is not going to be on Luka and KP's timeline. It's going to take a little while for him to – to get into the NBA, I think personally. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not saying DeAndre Hunter is going to step in and, and play every, the exact same role as PJ Tucker year one, but I think if you're looking down the road, and let's just say you get Kemba Walker, let's just say you do, and or another scoring guard, we've talked about the importance of surrounding Kemba, Luca, KP, or even non-Kemba, Luca and KP with these guys that can two things: defend and hit the outside shot. Well, guess who checks both of those boxes really well as as a 21-year-old right now, DeAndre Hunter. And once you develop him some, you don't know. I mean, he could be – Finney Smith started how many – he started how many games his rookie season? Like 60. I know, they, I know the Mavs sucked that year, but still, like, he could – Rick Carlos, a Virginia guy. DeAndre Hunter's a Virginia guy. He just won a national championship. You know, we like national champions. We got Justin Jackson, Jalen Brunson. Um it kind of fits Luca, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he won a national championship, but it was national in a different way. Salah won like six of them. <laughs> <laughs> European League. So there you go. Why the Mavs shouldn't take him. Uh, if they get a trade for the pick, that's better for a more established player. And that's it. I, I mean, I would take Hunter yeah. over Culver, just personally. I would too, and I, I think it, it, there is a couple points for both of them. Jarrett Culver, I think, is the better ISO scorer, and I think he can he can defend guys one through three. I'm not as confident that DeAndre DeAndre Hunter is going to be guarding a point guard, but point. I would say DeAndre Hunter is the bigger and better defender, and he can hit the outside shot more. So that's kind of two positives on both that maybe the other one doesn't have. Uh, I I like both of the players. I lean obviously DeAndre Hunter, but if Dallas walked away on draft night, they had the fourth overall pick and they took Jarrett Culver. Uh, I'm gonna be happy about it too. So I think they're both great fits with Luka Doncic moving forward. Absolutely. Let us know what you think. Tweet us at Locked On Maps at Nick Van Exit at Isaac L Harris. Isaac, anything else about these guys draft profiles? The lot the lottery is coming soon, man. The- yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this is Friday. You listen. A lot of you listen to this on Friday. Uh, we get the weekend. Uh, see what happens in, in NBA playoffs as we're recording this. Denver and Portland's playing uh, over the weekend. We're gonna get a game seven of Philly, uh, Philly and Toronto, which will be crazy. Um, how would that impact Kawhi's free agency, if it will, or what happens with Jimmy and Tobias and all those guys? Um, what happens in this Warriors Rockets series? Like. The next time we'll record will be Sunday night. I mean, a lot of these series, or all of them, could be over by then. Yeah, all uh, the Game 7s would be Sunday, so they'd be over. Yeah, so uh, Monday is going to be kind of like this clean slate going into the conference finals. Uh, the NBA draft lottery is obviously on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, and we'll see. We have a few things planned for next week, and we'll have you everything covered for heading into the draft lottery and 
draft lottery night and and all that stuff. I just want to say I remind everyone this again. Whatever happens on Tuesday night, it's just it's just extra. Don't be upset. Don't. It's just this we have our two guys. To us. I know. Like seriously, it's it's okay if we give our pick to Atlanta. We have Luka Doncic. It's okay if if Atlanta, you know, gets our pick at number nine. It's completely okay. We got Luka. All right. It's don't be upset about it if we lose the pick. All the happiness you felt during last season when Luka was doing crazy things, just just. This is the price for it. Just pull up Luca Luca <laughs> highlights and everything. If we lose the pick and you're kind of upset or something, just pull up the Luca highlights and you know. Yes, and Porzingis highlights. And Porzingis highlights. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.